0: Have you ever in your adult life looked at yourself in the mirror and said, What am I doing with my life? Well, you're not alone. No matter if you suffered from trauma, depression, anxiety, or feel stuck in your current situation like I did in the past, or are a super achiever, we all get to a place where we start hearing the ticking sound of life passing by, realizing at that moment that there has to be more to life than what there currently is. And all of a sudden, the who am I and what am I doing with my life questions come up. And that is usually the moment where we start to crave for more. That is the moment we start to crave for a sense of purpose join me and my inspiring guest on our journey to helping people just like you to find themselves, find a purpose, and not only break through whatever is holding them back from the life they always dreamed about, but also to develop the resilience, the mindset, and get the capabilities needed to turn those dreams into reality and to become the artists of their life. I am Rodolfo de Angeli and I welcome you to Life Artist Radio. There you go. And we are live, Sarah. That's amazing. I'm super excited for this, this episode today. Honestly, I was looking at my calendar and I was looking at your story and everything like that. I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot even wait to hear the stories that you learned in your life and, 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 and all the inspiration that you will give me for sure and all of our audience so i'm going to take a moment to quickly introduce you the right way so people know who you are and where you're coming from and where you're going and then we're just gonna throw all this away and and have a beautiful chat um and get inspired and inspire the world so what's up life artists? welcome to another episode of life artist radio i am your host Rodolfo de angeli And today I'm joined by Sarah Im, a survivor of the Khmer Rouge killing fields in Cambodia. Today, an inspirational speaker and the author of the award-winning book, How I Survived the Killing Fields. Graduated from Western Connecticut, Connecticut State University. Today, Sarah operates her wellness business, Smart Healthy Living. She's on a mission to inspire her audience to overcome fear and anxiety, to live a fulfilling life and enjoy sharing her impactful message at conferences seminars churches schools tv podcasts radios and so much more you can find her on linkedin sarah im speaker author and on her website www.sarahim.com and when you stay until the end sarah has a beautiful beautiful giveaway for you which is amazing so you want to stay until the end because you're not going to miss out on this one and here she is all the way from florida usa sarah im welcome to life artist radio
1: (laughs) thank you for having me rodolfo absolutely amazing amazing across the world from each other but we have the same same idea
0: Absolutely true. You know, all the, all, all. We, we, make a hole through the earth. We're gonna come out on the other side. And yet, the message is the same: to inspire people, to give them strength and hope, um, and let them know that they are not any different than, than us and anyone else. We're all kind of connected in this beautiful story that is life. So, Sarah, I usually start the episode with one question, and the question is. If you could bring me and the audience onto a journey uh, about you and how you got to be here with me today, how would that journey sound like shared by yourself?
1: Hmm. Wow. Well, it had been a long journey. Oh, I bet it is. Up and down, up and down, and uh, go through. I went through a lot, but... At the end, at the end, I landed in the beautiful uh, place in the world in Florida, United States, and get connected with you across the ocean in Australia. How amazing that is, and my goal is to help to share my story so that I can give people hope because if I can make through all the ups and downs in my life, they too can do it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So tell, tell me a little bit about you. So originally from Cambodia, you know, I, I read about your, uh, you know, surviving the killing fields of the Khmer Rouge. So how was that? How was, how was Sarah as a little girl? How was the process? How was her life? How was her family?
1: How was you growing up? Wow, it's um, something beautiful. I love to talk about my childhood. I love to talk about my family because I grew up in the countryside, in the village in Cambodia, where my family, my my parents are farmers, and I was the firstborn. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like so much love and and secure. Yeah. But many sisters and brothers
0: did you have?
1: I have three brothers. Three. Oh. They are younger than me. So my family have the well. My parents instill in me that you need to get educated. You need to stay in school because you don't want to grow up to be a farmer. It's hard work. Mm. So that's how I grew up with. And yeah, I, I just feel loved and secure and I enjoy the, uh, the environment, you know, in the countryside surrounded by nature, beautiful, uh, tropical climate, tropical mm. plants and flowers and vegetable, everything. It's just so beautiful. And, and then? And then when I graduated from high school, I was able to attend college. Mm. And college is far away from home. It's like three to four hundred miles away from home. Mm, wow. So I was separated from my family, but yes, for a good cause I mm-hmm. went away. But during my time that I was away from home, my country went through a very difficult time. Right. That when the communist camaros took over our country. And we have no idea that things can be drastically changed. We didn't realize that. We thought that, okay, it's just changed the, the government. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all we were thinking. Mm-hmm. But it's not that. The, How old
0: were you, Sarah?
1: I was 21. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So you're a woman then.
1: Yeah, I am already grown up and uh, remember a lot. Mm-hmm. So when they came in, they they proceed to shut down the country right away. Uh, I, how I mean,
0: how fast was the how fast was the change from peace and tranquility from a country being you know uh, quite solid and secure and everything? How quick was the shift from there to what then? Happen in, Korea, in
1: Cambodia? Immediately. Oh, Inmi- well. Immediately, as, as they match in with the tank, with the truck, with uh, the people with big gun and all that, we saw them match in on the street, but everything was already shut down. <clears throat> the market, wow. the marketplace the government office, the school, the hospital, everything was shut down already. Wow. And they pursued to to push people out of the house. They, wow. they pull us out and they point the gun at us and want us to, to walk away from everything that we ever owned. And you
0: were still separated between you and your family were still separated at that time?
1: Yes, yes, because when they shut down, everything that includes the transportation and the communication. So I cannot make the phone call. I cannot take a bus or fly an airplane to uh, go back home. So there's nothing I can communicate with my family. So I was totally, completely separated
0: from my family wow Um, and so so, i can't even imagine like this is crazy but how how was then like i can't even imagine 21 years old separated from the family 400 kilometers apart all of a sudden life is changing like this like how was the process for you like like bring me through that journey because i cannot even imagine (laughs) how <laughs> that could have been?
1: Well, all I can do was cry. <laughs> I mm. cry. I I miss my family. It's not that I need help from my family. I miss being there with them. I miss being a helper. Right. So let let me um give a back story a little bit. Four, sure, please. Four years before then, mm-hmm. my mom had an accident and she became paralyzed, Oh well. complete paralyzed. And then at that time, I, I was the caregiver. I had to take care of her because I'm the oldest child. Mm. During those times that I took care of her, I developed a strong love bond with my mom. As you can imagine, mm-hmm. when 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 your mom cannot move, you have to do everything for her.
0: Absolutely.
1: And and we were very really close. And now that during this change of uh, regime, we are four five hundred four hundred miles away from each other. You know that's that was heartbroken for me.
0: Oh my God! Yeah. Because you, you you might have been thinking, how will my mom do with this, right? Yeah. I mean, she needs care. She needs, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Thank goodness that um, during those four years, my mom started to feel better. After, oh. after four years laying flat on her back, she was able to stand up, and and, and gradually she was able to walk again.
0: That's amazing.
1: It was amazing.
0: That's like a miracle in itself. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So now, you know, the life changed, right? Yes. Did you have a chance to reconnect
1: to your family? No. For, uh, For four years, I have no connection with my family. Zero. You have no clue if they're alive, not alive, nothing. Nothing. Oh Oh my God. And they didn't know what happened to me either. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So how was that process there? How was
0: that time? Like, what happened to you?
1: Well, after walking for a long time, uh, getting away from the city, that's what they want. They want All the people get out of the city, they want us to go to the countryside and they put us in the farming, we do rice farming. So Uh I end up, eventually I end up in the big camp, a work camp, it's a labor camp. So in this camp, there was 1,000 people, all single men and women. So my story, all I know about is this camp. So there's different story in other camp, in other region of Cambodia. Yes. But I only know about this camp because I cannot, I don't have the TV to watch. I don't have a Facebook to watch what's going oh, that's, on. That's yeah, that's it's right. not, nothing. So my story is based on what I experienced in my life.
0: And you went into the camp at 21? Yes. Oh, my God. For four years? Yes. Jeez.
1: Yeah. How was life in camp? Very hard. The, the working condition is it's horrible. We were working in the heat. You know, Cambodia is a tropical country. It's hot mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And we work in the sun all day long. Uh, like 15, 16 hours a day. And uh, they only give us very little food to eat, very little. And then we don't have a weekend. We work seven days a week. And we only have a few hours of sleep at night. And we were exhausted because it, it's It's not a a, a life you know you cannot you cannot sustain that way it, it it's just the way that they punish us. they just want to work us to death
0: how how does a twenty one year old woman cope with all this like in what in what mind frame did you have to go to? to be able to go through this, like, how, how did you do this? Where did you get the strength from? The faith, the trust that this would end and eventually you would be reconnected to your family. Like, there has to be a hope, right? Because if we lose hope, it's all over, right? Yes, yes.
1: How, how was that for you, Sarah? Well, I am an optimistic person, but in this situation it's not easy it's easy to give up yeah but but what helped me is the hope that I will be alive Mm. I will be able to go find my family I will be back to my hometown so it's my determination that drive me so Mm. so I'm pushing myself until when i got very sick because the condition is so bad so a lot of us got very sick and many mm. people die, and i got a few disease in my whole my little body so um at one point i was so close to that but i was praying i asked because I cannot help myself at that time. And I pray, I ask God to help me. So that's another miracle that I want to share with you. Please. After I pray for many many nights, I feel like God gave me a little bit extra energy for me to walk away from that place that they put the, the sick people in. And I walked out from there and one of the team leader saw me come out and she realized that I'm too sick. But I don't want to stay in the sick place because I'm going to die. There are a lot of people that are sicker than me and they are dying. So Mm. if, if I stayed there, I would end up dead. That's why I need to get out from there. So this young team leader, she, she was so kind. She helped me, she sent me to work in the kitchen. That is the life saving uh, itself right there. I, I feel like God answered my prayer because normally people don't get a job working in the kitchen, the people were pushed to work in the rice field all day long. So when I got to work in the kitchen, I had more access to food. I don't work as long hours, and I work in the shade. Mm, yeah. Wow. So I get a better working condition there.
0: So this is... What are you saying right now? And I really hope that you, uh, our listeners and the people that will listen to, the, to this show will really stop a second and even if they have to go back for a moment, really listen what Sarah just shared because it's very, very powerful. She shared that if she would have stayed amongst the sick people, even though she was sick, if she would have stayed with the sick people, she would have died. But she chosen to go somewhere where it's more—it's more. How should I say a more positive or empowering environment, whatever that might have been, because at the time you didn't know. But you tried. You got out of that place to look for something better, right? And that is so important because oftentimes and. I like to, to, hear, to hear what you think about this. And then we keep on moving. When we suffer, might that be anxiety, might that be depression, might that be trauma, might that be whatever that is. Oftentimes, as people, we look for the people that are suffering like us. And then we create a community and we share our stories over and over and over. And eventually, those stories become our own prison. It's like staying with the sick, right? Where the moment we take the decision and say, if I stay here, nothing will change for me. I need to stand up and I need to get out and find something better that will push me to grow, that will push me to give me a better chance, right? At least take the chance. Mm -hmm. Do you agree that sometimes people stay with the quote-unquote sick people and don't get out because of that rather than going out and looking for something better that will push them or perhaps, like you said, a miracle happens and
1: all of a sudden life turns around. What do you think about that, Sarah? I think that's a very good analogy. It is because some uh, a lot of people are fearful, fear of the unknown because don't know what happened. Absolutely. If you get out of the environment, so um, for me, I I went. I decided to go back to where the working people are staying. Mm. I was hoping to get out of the sick place where I could get more disease that could kill me. Wow. So now that I went to work in the kitchen I start to make improvement.
0: How long was that from the moment you were put into the camp until the moment you started to go into the kitchen how long is that time frame?
1: I think within the first few months. Oh okay okay. Yeah Yeah. I I start to get sick pretty quickly like within a couple couple months that I was in this big camp I start to get sick. Right. And then I stay in that uh, place, the sick people stay for only very short time, maybe a couple of weeks. Oh, I see. But, but that place, it's not a hospital. It's a place right. where we just... People go to die? Yeah, we just stay there so we don't have to go to work like everybody else. Right. Yeah, they don't want the working people get jealous of some people stay, right? Stay behind. So that's that's their reason why they put the sick people, the very sick people, away. I but be- before I got to that point, I had to drag myself to go to work. When I I began to to get sick,
0: right?
1: Yeah,
0: right. So then you were in the kitchen, and then how was the progress from
1: there? I felt better because mm-hmm. I got better food. Mm-hmm. Well, I got more food than, than the workers, and um, got more sleep, more rest, and work in the shade. So I started to feel better. Mm-hmm. And eventually, for several months that I stayed there, I looked better and feel better
0: how was your mental process of this whole thing? You're still, what is that? It's still 21, 22 years old, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Right. So how, how were you coping? What were you telling yourself? What was, what was, what was getting you out of bed? Obviously you had to, because you had to go to work. Otherwise there were repercussions. I get that, but there is still a way to get up, you know, reading books uh, of other people like yourself survivors of, those camps um they had kind of like a different a different mindset they were getting up and there was they were kind of different than other people right so how was yours your mindset your you know approach to a new day um as a 22 year old woman now to go through this
1: this i guess nightmare right it it was a nightmare yes but i go through with expectation and i have i have my strong hope is that thing will be better i don't know how but i just believe i trust that things will be better so um it it, it just the trust is it's the mindset that you don't think it's going to be worse. <laughs> I think it might be better, but I don't know how long it takes. It, it just to have, have to endure that time. Every day is the enduring day, but things will get better.
0: That is, yeah, wow. That is so amazing. And that works with everything, right? Any situations and, and so you still didn't know anything about your family you didn't know anything about nothing right so you're going just through the process with the hope and faith that this will end eventually somehow and that you will be reconnected so obviously you stayed there for four years did you stay in the kitchen the whole time or oh eventually you you got out of the kitchen
1: no, when they saw me look better, feel better, oh. they pulled me out and throw me back into the right field again.
0: Right. What What happened to you in in the camp?
1: What happened when I got out from the kitchen? I I start to decline. My health start to decline again because of uh, too harsh work. Work too much and not enough nutrition, not enough rest, not enough sleep. I start to slip by, decline in my health again. How are they treating you? Well, in this camp, they just want us to work. You know, mm. if, if, if we just keep working as they order, we are fine. But at um, at one point later on, they start to um, to distrust people with fair skin. You know, like people with fair skin, they they suspect that that people that those are the people that are Vietnamese descent or Chinese mm-hmm. descent, and they might have some connection outside, so they eliminate those people. No. Yeah, so they, they sneak them out, and eventually uh, 1,000 people shrink in number. Yeah.
0: How many were left?
1: I, It's my estimate, maybe, maybe 250.
0: From 1,000 people, 250 left? Yeah. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah.
0: If yeah. 1000 were there and 250 were left, right? Let's let's say 750 people were killed and you are still 22 23 years old. How did you keep the hope? How did you keep the trust? How did you keep the belief that everything will be okay for you?
1: Just, I just believe that um, with my love and my heart that that love will strengthen me will help me to survive during the hard time because my hope and my, my vision it's not for me just for myself alone I want to live to be with my family so um, I feel like My life is not just for myself. So with that, I feel like my purpose is bigger than myself. Wow.
0: I wish I was thinking that way when I was 22 years old, Sarah. (laughs) I wish. I truly do. Because that is exactly what life is about, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Not just about ourselves.
1: Yeah. Especially in... In Asia, in Cambodia especially, family relationship is very important. Right. We, we we stick together, we love one another, we support each other during hard time or in the good time.
0: And eventually it came to an end. How many people died in, in
1: by the by
0: the Khmer Rouge?
1: Well, the estimate is about about two million. Jesus, how long were they in power? Four years. In four years, they killed two million people. Yeah, this is the country that have only seven million.
0: Oh my God.
1: Nearly half. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so- it's it, it just unbelievable right, so carry, carry
0: on with your story. So now where are we? Are we halfway through? are we, are we towards the end of, of this camp? Uh,
1: where are we? Well, I, I went back to the work to the, uh, the right sphere, but toward the end of four years, something happened, something changed there was some noise of the gunshot, a rocket sound somewhere far away. So this leader, leader of my camp, they probably know something going on. So they start to move the camp. So now they push us to move further closer to the jungle. So every two weeks we start moving and we carry the big bag of rice. You know, everybody was giving one big bag of rice to carry. It's not for ourselves, for right. for somebody. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we just carry that heavy bag of rice and a little a little bag of our clothes, and we mm-hmm. keep moving closer and closer to the jungle. And then I realized that that direction is not going to be where I want to go because my my goal is to go back to my hometown. Right. And and when I, I realize that the direction of the jungle I don't want to keep going with them anymore.
0: Right.
1: So that's when I I pray and I realize that I need to escape. What? Although the escape is the very dangerous but Right. I'd rather die in the escape than dying without seeing my family.
0: Wow.
1: So I gather three close friends, and I ask to see if they are willing to move to to help me to escape, to go, you know, to escape together with me. And they say yes. And, and we make plan. Uh, our plan is nothing too, nothing complicated because we are in a jungle, it's very dark at night, so we, work, we wait until nighttime and we, we sneak out. and, and <laughs> we don't really know where to go, but we try to track back where we came from. And we just want to make sure that the God did not see us. So, by grace of God, help us to escape. And oh my goodness! We made it out.
0: <laughs> I can't even imagine. I tell you the honest truth. I do. I do, like. It's like for me. It's like watching a movie, right? You see that. Oh my God! They escape and this, that, the other, but. To be in that place where you have to say, well, you know uh, what, I'd rather die trying to get out of here than not die by the hands of who is holding me back, right? Mm -hmm. Who is holding me um, prisoner and stuff like that. Yes. That is... So you had no idea where you were, but you just ran, ran out, ran away.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've got a bike track where where I was coming from so that uh, I might be able to find people that can direct me to where I need to go, to my hometown.
0: So. So how did you, so when you escaped, did, did, did they chase you? Did you, did you, did you, you tried once and you made it away or how was that? Like bring us through the life of a 22, 23, 24 year old woman who is in the middle of the jungle, doesn't know exactly where she is, but she's escaping with another couple of people and she's finding her way back home. How is that? Like, did you have food? Did you, like, how is that?
1: We, uh, We got a little bit of rice in a small bag and a small can and we just bring it with us and when the morning comes the sun rises and we realize that we are away from them <laughs> when we turn around we didn't see them so we we are so happy that we are free yeah we are free from captivity so it's 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 very
0: it's a very happy moment oh my god I can't but, even yeah and it's scary at the same time i bet, I bet yeah. it is i bet it is so so now you're free you're right you're free in the middle of the jungle going looking for your family how was that process how how long did it take you to reconnect with your family How was the process to get there? what obstacles and challenges did you have to overcome how was your mindset still pushing you forward and, and, and driving you? How was that time?
1: Well, um, it's, it's a long journey, mm-hmm. but now we know that we are going to the right direction. We are now going to the jungle, and we are going back to the civilization. So that's, that's a good image that I can paint it for you. It's not not the jungle, it's the civilization. So hopefully I will find my way to my hometown. So I did, Uh, it's a long, long step, but for the sake of our uh, conversation here, um, because my health is not not good at all. I was declining and I was having a diarrhea and a you know, struggle. Uh-huh. But but I can endure it because I know I'm heading the, the right direction.
0: How long did it take you to see your family?
1: I don't know, a few weeks, probably close to a month of walking. How were they? Were they also they, taken by the Khmer Rouge? They they were safe. Well, yeah. they have their own story. They almost get wiped out in in one gunshot, but uh-huh. but that's that's another another time. But thank goodness, God preserved their life. My brother's name was on the list to be executed. Oh wow! But but the liberation came in time to save his life
0: was he was he taken
1: he was in the in the in a camp just like me
0: oh he was as well
1: yeah
0: right right right
1: but um yeah i finally found my family
0: how was your mom she was walking then yeah
1: yes yes she oh, was walking god.
0: Mm-hmm. god that moment of four years of keeping yourself motivated and inspired and hopeful and trusting and believing that everything will go exactly to that moment did you ever see that in your in your mind's eye you reconnecting with your family
1: yeah i just imagine i imagine that one of these days i will see my family
0: so for someone who suffer, you know the reason why I ask all these questions is is obviously, you know, well thank God the Khmer Rouge is not around anymore, but obviously not many people today can go, you know some people might go something through something similar, but the Khmer Rouge is around every single day in our head, in our hearts, right? Life can bring us something similar. It might not be that but something very similar mm-hmm. and a lot of people especially in the world the way the world is today there's a lot of little camps all around the world of people alone right yeah trying to make it through all this and many people are in silence can't speak don't have a connection Many places in the world, people are, you know, are kind of disconnected, can't get together. I mean, I know that Florida is doing pretty well. Thank thank God to the governments you guys have there. But many other places, you know, there's not much you can do. And for someone who suffers anxiety, who suffers depression, who suffers, you know, this type of pain, what could you say? based on your story, based on your life. And, you know, from there, obviously, you're now a, 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 a grown woman, you know, that inspires the world. But what can you say to those people? People that are suffering right now, that don't know how, that perhaps have lost the hope or or the drive or and are perhaps hanging out with the sick people instead of looking for a place to be empowered and what would you say
1: to them? I said, never give up hope. Hope is, is what you can hang on to. And you have to have faith. Hope, faith, and love, it hang together. They, they all stay together. Because in order to have hope, you have to have like a strong love for something, strong love for for people, for me, strong love for my family. That's, That's empower my hope. And the faith you believe, believe something will be better. The strong faith, you have to believe that. If you don't believe that something will be better, you cannot be hopeful. You cannot have that hope. Mm-hmm. So you have that to have that positive or optimistic kind of of mindset of belief that something will be better. Right. So hope is so important. And and have the courage. Courage to do something that That can bring you to that place that you might, you probably cannot do it if you stay at the same place. You have to have that courage. So, for me, the courage that got me out of the jungle is very dangerous, but I had to have that courage because I have that strong hope that I will be able to find my family. So it's all go together. Wow.
0: And it's so true. If you don't have fo- hope and you don't have faith or trusting that everything will be all right and the courage to follow through, uh, you know, and find that love, um, it gets very hard. But in the same token, I got to grab my cat here for a sec sorry about that (laughs) it's all live here but um you know in the same token sara i'm thinking of people you know i work with people every day you you work with people every day and a lot of people that suffer from past trauma or perhaps today they suffer from anxiety or depression or things like that Oftentimes, doctors put a label on them, PTSD, ADHD, OCD, this D and that D and whatever else, right? Trauma and whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, people are walking around with all these labels attached. And it's very hard for those people to take those labels away and find the hope because all what those labels do is take the hope away. Yeah. So, from someone as strong as you are, how, how can someone in that position be able to, to find the hope, to be able to get into that mindset, okay, you need hope, you need faith, you need courage, you need love, which is, for you and I, is very, it's, it's how should I say, it's not easy. But we learned the lesson right we were there now we here. we and i agree with you i had exactly the same hope faith trust you know and 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 courage and, and love and a passion and a vision but i remember when i was at the beginning of this it was you know in 2010 i was nearly putting my head through a a, a, a rope and i was about to to you know kill myself in my garage and then there was a moment that something happened and then you know i was able to wake up and my journey started from there the last 11 years right so i was as well in i wasn't in i wasn't in the camp of the khmer rouge but it was just another camp Mm -hmm. one that i built right yes and and so the question is for someone that is listening right now that, that says for himself, well, it's great that you was able to find the hope. It's great that you was able to find, you know, courage and faith, but I don't have that. How can I find that? What could you say to that person? What could you say to the person that says, and I get that often, my doctor said, I have this. My doctor said, I have that. My psychologist or psychiatrist said that this is what's going on. And there's no hope for me. How can they break that wall?
1: Yeah, I think... one a lot of wonderful things that we have in a free country. We have alternative medicine. We have holistic practitioners. Um, we have all kinds of healing modality. We can explore. It's just like like me, I can explore and get out of that camp. I get out of that sick place and escape. Um, People can escape from their own label if if they want to. You have to have the courage to want to to escape. You know, that is just a label so that they can give you a prescription. But you don't have to take it. That's, That's like a sentence that somebody put a sentence on you. You don't want to take it. If you want to change your life, wow, so
0: powerful. This is so powerful, Sarah. 100% don't accept this sentence, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's don't like a, a sentence. Yeah, like a sentence that they put it on you. You don't have to take it if you can.
0: <sighs> so amazing. This is so, yeah, 100%. I even wrote it down. It's going to be a part of probably the title or a subtitle of this show. You do not have to, and you have to have the courage to escape. That is so powerful. You have to have the courage to escape because you you could have stayed there. You could yeah. have stayed there, right? Yeah. So that decision of saying, yeah, no, i, I rather die on trying they're not dying being here.
1: Yeah. I escaped three times. Oh my god, three times. The first time is escape from the sick place. The that's sec- right. Second time is escape from the jungle. The third time is escape from Cambodia. Wow. Uh... Because 1980, that's when I left Cambodia, when the country was still Chaotic, and um, the the future is really. It, it, I don't see a good future, so my mom encouraged me to escape. So three times.
0: Wow!
1: Talk about somebody who who did it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> because because, <Okay. laughs> because if if I if I wait until there there is an airplane to fly out of Cambodia i can't wait decades Mm. 10 years later
0: so you left family behind and went
1: yeah yeah with with my mom's permission
0: wow where did you go from there why where Where did you go? From you left Cambodia.
1: Well, I went from uh, went through Thailand. Oh, through Thailand. Because Cambodia is next door to Thailand. Right, right. And my my hometown is is in the province that adjacent to Thai border.
0: Oh, I see. Uh,
1: yeah. So it's, you
0: sneak through there.
1: Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, it's another dangerous escape, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a
0: movie. How old were you then?
1: I was 26. 26? Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. my God. So now you're in Thailand and looking for a way. And when did you end up in America? I arrived in
1: 1981. So I... In transition, more than a year in transition before I arrived to United States.
0: That was the goal to go to the U.S.
1: Yes. Yeah. Wow. yeah I have a connection. Uh, my mom's cousin had been to United States for for study. Right. So that's the only connection that I have, and um, he was so kind to sponsor me to come
0: right right right
1: yeah
0: you and 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 your family stayed behind but they they were okay they all they all
1: they are fine for a few years and then later on uh, they escape also
0: oh they came to the u.s as well
1: yes
0: oh great great great
1: great Mm -hmm. well that's an
0: end of a great story right there
1: yes (laughs) so so my my first departure was very helpful because I can help them to come, but, but their journey is a lot harder than me. They, oh, yeah. um, By the time that they got out from the Cambodia, the camp that was um, open during my time, it was closed. So when my family arrived to that camp, there was nobody to register them. So they came in as undocumented. Oh. undocumented people so it make my job very difficult to sponsor I, them to come i see so they see. they spend five years in hiding in in the border wow yeah
0: that's where your courage is coming from and your faith and strength and everything because they were the same right
1: yeah that's, yeah, that's
0: incredible. Now, tell me—you just touched before earlier. You you touched on holistic ways and methodologies and so on. What 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 holistic methodologies were you referring?
1: Well, um, I am not a holistic person, but I believe in it. But there are so many modalities. Right. Nutritionist. Right. Um, the holistic person that that help people to get well, mm-hmm. they treat people as the whole body. Right. They are not specialized in one area. Of course. Yeah. It's uh, totally different from the medical community. I, I don't have anything bad to say about the, the medical community. They have their own specialty Mm -hmm. but but sometimes you have to ask for a second or third opinion
0: yeah absolutely
1: when when you are labeled as oh you have this you have this you know you don't have that you so you you experience that symptom it you don't know what's going on so (laughs) <laughs> so that's when, when the holistic practitioner can help you, you know, assess the whole thing to see what, what seems to be out of balance. All mm-hmm. you need is to go to them, and they will help you adjust the balance of your body. It can be a chiropractor, it can be an, an acupuncturist. There's anything. There's so many. So yeah. many modalities that can help people
0: get well again absolutely I couldn't agree more i mean um, for me my my way out of depression and anxiety was uh, alternative medicine you know i i I found shamanism back a decade ago now which has become a very important part of my life today uh, it's also something that I do now today but also my wife's um, uh, cancer she was she was uh, diagnosed with cancer three years ago and we we healed her cancer through um you know uh, alternative modalities ancient ways and um she never took one tablet she never did one chemo session she never did any radiation um and she didn't even have to do a a, a vasectomy so you know we we healed her with ancient ways and like you said a lot of hope and faith and trust and love and 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 will you know and vision that everything will be okay
1: yeah right now um, there's a, an upcoming a modality that's very popular here in my area it's a functional medicine mm-hmm. functional they you know they look at every, everything holistic way
0: yeah absolutely so so what do you do today what do you what is your journey today now that you have you know overcome all that you have learned so much obviously you've grown as well and what is smart healthy living what is what is your your approach now how do you serve people how is life today
1: like today i'm focusing on building my speaking engagement and promoting my book because my book i document a lot of the journey my journey that's include the three escape <laughs> <laughs> um, so my smart healthy living is um, incorporate many things mm. um, holistic approach to healthy lifestyle and uh, mental attitude, mm-hmm. the positive mindset, and optimistic. I, I, when I speak, I can speak about building your your resilience, mm. <laughs> building your courage, your confidence. Having confidence is very really important. Oh my without, goodness! Yeah, without confidence, you will not have courage to do anything.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah. Three steps to build that confidence, what would you say?
1: Um, to build confidence, you have to have an optimistic mindset. Mm-hmm. You have to have love. <laughs> you have to have low hope and faith. Yeah. Those those are the, the components right. to, be, to be a confident person. Because if the person does not have any hope, that person cannot be confident when
0: yeah. you don't have any hope. Absolutely, absolutely. It all starts with that. It, it, it just—if there is no confidence to, you know, to feel that whatever you do, it's going to work out—you're never going to take action.
1: Right.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so you work in the U.S. You do this in the U.S. This is like a place people go to. Um, they can come, and uh, how how do you how do you give how how do you share your knowledge your your ways and so on? Is it the place people go?
1: Um, usually, before the pandemic, I offer the conference. I do. I'm, I'm I love to create an event, right. conference or seminar, uh, something like that. Right. And I'm also available to go to speak at somebody else's events.
0: Right. Yeah. And today?
1: Today I I I do speaking, but mostly it's uh, virtually. Virtual, yeah, yeah. On yeah. A, a virtual platform.
0: Right, 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 right. What a story. What a story, Sarah. I mean, honestly, I can't even you know, lo- looking at you growing up, having this amazing relationship with your family, you know, the traditional Cambodian family is very united, very strong, and your mother telling you, you know, that it's very important for you to study and to not stay like they did, you know, farmers and so on, because life will be very, very hard. And so you're traveling so far away, three, 400 miles, which is you know 700 kilometers more or less um t- as a young girl woman and then eventually you know the the, the country going upside down the government and the, the the Khmer Rouge coming in and camps being created and you're being held captive for four years escaping from there going back home reunite with your family i mean just me saying all this it's like oh my god how many lifetimes is this right but then you arrived home and then your mother which is by the way incredible your mother because the selflessness right and this is what you shared as well it's not about me what i'm doing is not about me it, it's bigger than me The the the, 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 the The purpose is much bigger than me. The mission is much bigger than me. And I think that's also a great way to find hope when all of a sudden we find that it's not about me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and your mother, after not having seen you for four years, encourages you to say, you know what, there's better, there is better out there. And you go through the border, Thailand and takes you a year to go into the U S and eventually getting your parents over as well and, and today inspiring the world with your story, with your seminars, with your appearances. Man, this is, this is incredible. This is amazing.
1: Thank you, Rodolfo. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm honored that um, you invite me to share. Again, it's not about me. It's not about my story. It's not about the killing field. It's Absolutely. about it's about overcoming life obstacle.
0: Absolutely.
1: You go through life with all kinds of obstacles. You mentioned that there are camps all over the world. It's not, it's not the right camp that I was in, but camp everywhere.
0: Camp? The biggest one is in our head, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's in our head and uh and and, and that's what everybody is going through even the most empowered and positive people like yourself I mean I can call myself you know I want to call myself a positive and empowered person but I have my own camp too we we have that camp and I want I want to make sure that the, our, our audience hears this because Sarah overcame so many things. I overcame so many things, but we are not better than anybody else. We just, we just took that step where perhaps many people that are listening now are exactly where you were, are exactly where I were or was right. And are about to take that step. And all what we want to say is have faith and have hope because if you do take that step, it does work. Just, Keep at it, right?
1: Yes, keep at it. That that's a good word. Persevering. That that's that's what I um. I omit to say. You know, if you believe that. Your family, that's where you want to be. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to, you have to persevere. You have to. In,
0: you have yeah,
1: to. in order to get what what we need to get.
0: what we want right
1: what we want Mm -hmm.
0: at the end of the day nobody is gonna nobody nobody what how should i say nobody told you oh uh sarah by the way if you escape from here you're gonna make it nobody said to you oh uh i'm in thailand just come over here i'm gonna bring you uh nobody came from america over and said hey you over there uh, yes, you can. You, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab you. I'm gonna bring you to the safety. Nobody did that to you. Nobody did create your program. Nobody did um, just invite you to go and speak. You created all that. Yeah, right? yeah. And you had the faith of doing this. So when we are in a low point of our life, and this is what what you shared so well at the beginning of this you said i was sick very very sick but if i stay there with the sick people i will die and i had to get out of there so and i want to make sure that you that you are listening here understand that you are not sick you are not broken there's nothing there that can make you less than all you got to do is choose to get out of amongst the sick people and look for something better, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Sometimes, even though you know that there's a lot of sick people, but you find comfort. You, 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 <laughs> the comfort zone that's, that, that, that keeps you. <laughs>
0: oh my God. That is so true. So true. You know, when I was suffering depression and anxiety, one of the things that I was doing every single day, I would go on Facebook and I would spend hours in groups of people who were anxious and depressed as well. And all we would do is talk and uh, how should I say, be more, be more in a bad shape than the other person. If the, if the person is saying, oh, today I feel really, really bad, the other person would say, oh, I, I feel worse, right? If they say, oh, I'm on this medication, the other person would say, oh, I am that medication and this medication. And everybody's trying to be more sick, more worse than another person. And I, and I spent a lot of time there. Eventually, one day I had to say like exactly what you did, I can't be here because if I stay here, I become exactly what they are. Now, they're not bad people. We're not saying those are bad people, but those people will not serve you. Right? Yeah. And yeah. exactly what you said before, you have to get out of that comfort zone. Let go of that and go for better. Yeah. You think that happens in many different ways as well? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We get comfort comfortable in misery.
1: Yeah. S- um, sometimes it's okay to share to, to connect with people that that have a similar situation, but you have to be quick to get out from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good <laughs> one it's okay but then you have to be quick to get out of it absolutely oh my god yeah totally 100 percent. you know i i reached out to a few groups that was earlier this year or late last year i reached out to a few of those groups and i said to them and this is a true story and i asked them if if they were okay for me to once a week speak for 15 minutes that's it any day doesn't matter any time doesn't matter once a week 15 minutes to help someone perhaps share my story or give away a tool or something right mm-hmm. and i send the emails to the admins of those groups do you know that none of those people allowed me to do that none
1: wow. you know
0: why they said if you come here and you do speak and people like find a way who's going to be in the group (laughs) true story (laughs) true story isn't it crazy oh
1: my goodness
0: (laughs) if people leave who's going to be in the group (laughs) so when you hear you know uh, support anxiety anxiety support and all of that and you see that everywhere you see that on instagram you see that on on facebook you see that everywhere every day every day are quotes this anxious that is anxiety this is depression this is this this is that it's constant and all of a sudden that becomes a label that becomes a me too kind of thing and the more deeper you go in there the more you can't get out. Do, do you
1: feel that is correct what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, it is. But there are a different kind of support group. Mm. I think another support group, they they support people who want to get out.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's called there's one group that I know about. It's called Celebrate Recovery.
0: Uh-huh their goal is to help people to recover
1: from That's whatever right. the situation mm. so yeah you, you,
0: you got to be mindful where where you go into but you know it's amazing because sometimes and I test that sometimes on myself sometimes you put out a quote about anxiety right or depression or whatever or misery overall and you get a lot of responses if you say something of empowerment, people don't like, <laughs> isn't it amazing? Oh wow, yeah, a lot of people don't if you are in that place, and I remember myself being there. If someone tells you something to do to get out of there, first, like you said, you might not have the hope or the trust that it works, but second, because you have such a strong identity letting go of that identity is very hard for people then Mm.
1: right yes yes wow that
0: label that identity is powerful we're going to be mindful Mm. we've got to be mindful it's like an alcoholic and that research has shown that an alcoholic that says i it's been 10 years i don't i don't drink that the person is still carrying the the label of the alcohol ex-alcoholic, right? I'm an ex-alcoholic. That's yeah. still that identity is there compared to a person that says I don't drink. That's a complete different different I- identity, right? So mm. identity is very important. Yeah. And for you, that was exactly that. I'm not a prisoner, I'm gonna get out of here. Right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. It, it starts from that place. So Yeah, wow. What a story. What a story, Sarah. So we come to a place, we come to a place in the podcast where (laughs) most people now remember when when they wanted to come on and they had to go through the questions. And there was one of the questions that said, what is your favorite song? Do you remember? Yes. so most people are like oh god that's a weird question why 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 right so now we're at the part of the podcast where we're going to listen to the song that you shared with me i actually don't know the song i never heard it before so we're going to share that for for a moment yeah and then i'm going to get back to you with a question okay Mm -hmm. and and um and let's see what comes out so i'm not going to mention the song yet let's just play it Of those times I'm hurting, I see you.
1: Cause you're there too. And every pain I feel, you healing. It's so you'll see my heart running free. Saying no to my downcast soul, saying no to the lies. Tell myself, say no to my downcast soul. Your love is lifting me in my wings.
0: So this is Tasha Leighton, Love Lifting Me. What what does this song represent for you, Sarah?
1: The word love is in there. And I like the, uh, the, beat, the um the, the way how the song is. It's upbeat,
0: right.
1: although it has some sadness and all that, but love lifted me because of the love, I don't feel all those downcastle. I don't feel all those pain and suffering. I feel more love than that pain. So if you are p- going to put on the scale, the scale like um, you, 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 you put on the balance scale, mm-hmm. love is lift you higher <laughs> so, <laughs> the sadness, the downcast, and all that will put you down. So that's my interpretation of the song.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think this song is perfect with your story a story of courage, of hope, of faith, of love, trust. I think this song sums it all up and puts a bow around it it's like the end of a good beautiful story and you know sarah this happens every single time the song sometimes people say yeah i had different songs but th- i've wrote this one or whatever right mm. and after listening to people's story and then we come to this point and we we play the song usually the song is exactly perfect <laughs> what that story was all about so and you know part of my work is i hold retreats uh, using um, ancient traditions i practice shamanism uh, which has been a very big part of my life a part of being a coach my approach in coaching is also an interconnection uh, between coaching and shamanism but my retreats are purely uh, shamanic retreats where Mm -hmm. people go through very powerful four days where they go through their own inner journey. Um, And there are times during those days that I play some music every so often, you know, a specific time, a little bit of music. And you know, many of those songs are from people like you people that came on the show people that are my clients that have their favorite song people that came to heal and brought their song and shared it with me and i just give it back to all of the people that come to our retreats and i play every so often i play a song from people and Mm -hmm. this song here just listening a little bit about it and in the words very very beautiful so i will eventually use this one day in one of my retreats for people and, uh, and at that moment i will think about you mm-hmm. about coming to my show um and sharing your story with a complete stranger and i know you do this every day probably but i don't take this lightly i don't take the privilege to listen to someone's story lightly. Um, and so I will remember you every single time I will play that song and um, hopefully we get to reconnect again and do this again. And uh, perhaps I might, I might even um, read your book and and uh, and get you back and we can talk about the book for a little bit. Uh, either way, I, I want to thank you for sharing and for being here and and so on
1: thank you for
0: absolutely
1: for sharing your your input i appreciate that and absolutely. i appreciate you inviting me to share my story with your audience and again this is we do this together to empower to help people absolutely. so so that they can get out of their own prison absolutely
0: whatever absolutely.
1: whatever present prison they created for themselves mm. sometimes mm. the sometimes the prison that we create for ourselves is more secure than the one that we were put in mm. because When we create our own prison, (laughs) we like to stay in there. (laughs) We feel comfortable, (laughs) we find comfort zone.
0: (laughs) Wow, that is a powerful one. Even though a prison, but because we built it, we're going to stay, right? Wow, Mm. Wow, that is is profound. Wow, that's very, very powerful. My God. That is so well said, Sarah. Oh, my God. So true. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I, um, I usually finish the podcast with one last question before I give you the mic if you want to add anything, whatever you want to do. You know, you can do anything um, or say anything or promote anything. Um, but I have one last question. And the last question I always have on the show is, if you could ask yourself a question, you to yourself, if you could ask yourself a question and give yourself the answer, what question would you ask, sarahim Hmm. If I can ask myself,
1: I would ask, why didn't I do this more often to reach out more people? Mm -hmm. So that as a result, I can help more people. And I know that there are a lot of people that need help, but we cannot reach them. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so simple that we can encourage them by sharing our story, being vulnerable. Mm. Yeah, Uh, all I, all I want to ask is why don't you, why don't, why don't I do more?
0: What's the answer?
1: The answer is that um, somehow, somehow I I, I don't partner with the right people, maybe. Mm. So maybe I am looking for the right partner to take my story worldwide, so that I can empower more people.
0: Wow. Well, how could you adjust that? How could you partner with the right person or people?
1: I think if somebody believes in my story that can help people to get out of their own prison, to have more hope, to not giving up, to not commit suicide, if that person believes in the cause and uh, We can team up, we can work together to achieve
0: that. That is beautiful. I wish that upon you, my dear friend, because your story is powerful. You're very strong, very, very strong woman. Lots of wisdom. You have done it over and over and over. Um, I wouldn't know who else but you. So I really hope you can find that person, those people. Wherever they are, and do your part and do your thing and um and help heal the world one person at a time. yes, I definitely definitely wish that upon you. Anything else you wanted to add before we wrap the show up,
1: Sarah? Yeah, I want the uh, uh, I want the audience to know the audience, the listener to know that. Uh, my book is available on my website if they ever want to read my book. Um, they will get a lot out of it because, because when you read, you get more detail. You get a lot more. So it's available on my website, CRM.com.
0: And that's where you got to go. You got to go and get this book. 100% I do. I wouldn't want to miss this so i honestly how i survived the killing fields sarah im on Sarahim.com. going go and get that book read it reach out to her let her know that it, that impacted your life reach out on the podcast leave a review about sarah and how her story inspired you to get out of the prison and and have the trust and the faith to escape um and go towards the life you really deserve, and um, you know desire to live. And because you're here, you made it all the way to the end. You listen to this incredible story, and Sarah wants to give you a free gift. And if you go to www.sarahim.com forward slash you're gonna get a beautiful, beautiful gift from Sarah. That you can keep, that you can go through, and that you can take her along your journey. You can connect with her on LinkedIn, Sarah M, dash speaker author. Her book, again, How I, How I Survived the Killing Fields, is on her website www.sarahm.com. Go and get it, and. We thank you for being here, for hanging out with us, for listening to the show. Really hope we could serve you in any way and please take one little step, one step out of the prison, one step towards uh, or out amongst the sick people like, you know, sick in brackets obviously, but you know, take one step towards that light, towards, towards the new you, right, and If you didn't subscribe to the podcast yet, this is your time to press that button and subscribe so you get a notification. Whenever a new show comes out, please leave me a review so you can help me grow and allow me to serve you even better. And if you feel that Sarah's story can inspire one of your friends or family, please share this podcast, this episode, on all of your favorite, favorite platforms. Because remember, nothing that is given to us is for us to keep but to be shared. And if you go to www.ultimatesuccess.me, you will get a gift from me, a gift to help you take the first step to find your why, to get a daily uh, step-by-step plan to own the day rather than let the day own you, ultimatesuccess.me. And... I'm out of here. I'm done. I thank you for listening. I thank you for watching. I wish you well. And I shall talk to you very, very soon. I'm Rodolfo De Angeli. You listen to another episode of Life Artist Radio. Ciao for now.